Hi, my name is Trisha Katar. Welcome to another episode of Reviews with AB Radio. Today, we'll be talking about Evermore by Taylor Swift. The morning of December 10th, Taylor Swift announced that she would be releasing her ninth studio album, Evermore, as a sister album to Folklore, released back in July. Both albums were of the alternative pop and indie pop genre, with soft vocals, piano, and gentle synths in almost every song. Evermore was, in many ways, the perfect sister album to Folklore. While Folklore was still a parallel to some parts of Swift's life, with My Tears Ricochet rumored to be about her struggle with her previous record label profiting off of her work, The Last Great American Dynasty set in the history of her Rhode Island mansion, and peace following her relationship with her boyfriend, Evermore seemed to be a complete departure from the years she had spent writing songs about her own life. From the first song, Willow, the lead single, a folk pop melody with a catchy hook and enchanting instrumentals, it was clear that Swift planned to take this album in another direction. Every track cradled a different story, sometimes intertwined with another track, either on folklore or Evermore itself. Swift pulled knowledge from books she had devoured, stories she had heard and wanted to tell, and polished them into individual songs. The second song, Champagne Problems, tells the story of a woman who, presumably, is mentally ill and turns down a proposal from her partner because she feels she doesn't deserve them. The song was an instant fan favorite with a heart-hitting bridge and mellow piano. The third song, Gold Rush, is one of my favorites off of the album. The song captures the fleeting moment when you catch a glimpse of someone you have a crush on and imagine a life together with them. The narrator sings that she doesn't want to have to fight every person wanting who she wants, but she'll sit on the sidelines and envision a world where where they would be together. The ethereal vocals at the beginning are reminiscent of the first moment you see your crush, and then the song moves to a fast-paced beat similar to Lord's Green Light that leaves the listener unable to catch their breath. Tis the Damn Season follows a woman who is returning to her hometown for the holidays and is getting back together with her ex, singing that she hasn't felt understood the way that she did in her ex's arms until they were together once more. It's theorized that this song and the upcoming track, Dorothea, are written about the same woman. Tolerate It is the fifth track on the album, one that is on her every album meant to be one of the most emotional songs. While originally written about a relationship where the narrator feels as if her partner is simply tolerating her now, doesn't pay her any attention, care, or love, fans have adopted this song to apply to relationships with parents, siblings, etc. Queer children, especially with homophobic family, have related to this song, especially so. No Body, No Crime is the most fun song on this album. A two-hour murder mystery encapsulated in 3 minutes and 36 seconds, this collaboration with Haim tells the story of a woman who was cheated on and killed by her husband. Her friend then plotted to kill the husband. This song seemed a little bit out of place to me sonically on this album, but continued the same theme, individual songs representing individual stories. The next song, Happiness, is one of the most mature songs on this album for me. A divorcee sings the story of her separation with her husband, acknowledging that there would be happiness before him, during him, and even after when they've separated. Dorothea, one of the songs that has been analyzed and revealed to have some queer undertones, is from the perspective of a small-town girl singing to Dorothea, who has made it big in the big city. She sings of times they had spent under bleachers together, laughing, 
and she reassures Dorothea that she'll be there for her if she ever wants to come back. Dorothea is actually suspected to be the same woman who narrates Tess the Damn Season. Coney Island is also one of my favorite songs off of this album, and its meaning is highly contested among fans. In my interpretation, the song has always been read as the numb story of a tragically widowed woman who reminisces on the time that she and her partner had spent together at Coney Island. The feature on this track, The National, sings as the response to her call. Slow instrumentals and yearning vocals, this song was a hit or a miss for a lot of people listening to the album. Ivy is also heavily contested in terms of interpretation, whether about a woman who falls in love with someone else while married, or about a widow struggling to let herself love, its immaculate language and sweeping metaphors make it one of the shining tracks on this album. Cowboy Like Me is a slow western track that tells the story of two cons falling in love. It's incredibly romantic, but was, like Coney Island, a hit or miss for a lot of fans. Some were in love with the hushed mood and slow dancing imagery, others found it too long and boring. Long Story Short is actually one of the songs that snapped me out of the fictional world that Swift had created. While definitely possible as a standalone story and a standalone song, it's more upbeat and tells a story of someone who has found the person they love after a series of failed relationships and attempts at love. It's rumored to be about Swift's own relationships. Marjorie is one of the only songs on this album not to do with romantic love. Swift misses her show-stopping grandmother, Marjorie, and hopes to fulfill the dreams that she was unable to. Sweet and reminiscent, Swift used her grandmother's recorded vocals on the track to add a more personal touch. Closure, with some odd production but strikingly true lyrics, is a bit of an anomaly besides the piano and sweeping synths of the album. It follows someone who is left behind and doesn't need their ex's closure to move on. The last song on this album is a collaboration reminiscent of Exile on Folklore. Evermore reminds us that this pain won't be evermore, that we will move on from the hard parts in our lives. It's a sweet song that has definitely cemented itself as one of my favorite Swift songs from the moment I listened to it. This album was at times glamorously boastful and at others quietly beautiful. For me, it's shown brighter than folklore, but I'd have to listen to it a couple hundred times more to say that with any certainty. This has been Trisha Katar on Reviews with AV Radio, reviewing Evermore by Taylor Swift. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>